You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 112. When was the last time that you updated your homepage on your food blog? In the last few years, you may have noticed that the homepage of your blog is starting to show up in the top pages through your analytics. The homepage is also a huge part of the user experience of your website as it helps new readers to understand what to expect on your blog. So in today's episode, I'm going to answer the common question, how often should you update your homepage? Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Vine Podcast. I'm super excited that you are tuning in for this episode, and I'm really excited to cover this topic because I feel like this is something that I probably think about a lot and have conversations with my clients a lot, and it's not something that we've covered this specifically on the podcast before. We have talked about the homepage of your blog before, and we've talked about what needs to be on that page and why it's so important, but we really haven't talked about what it looks like to maintain that page and something that is definitely important to consider when you are redesigning your homepage and thinking about how you want to keep that maintained going forward. Now, if you are brand new to listening to this podcast, I always like to do just a quick introduction and just say welcome. I'm so excited that you have found this episode and that you found this podcast somehow. Maybe another food blogger shared it with you or you saw it shared in a Facebook group. However you found this podcast, I'm just so excited that you are tuning into this episode and I hope that you will benefit from learning a little bit about this topic. Now, my name is Madison Wetherill, and I am the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios. And over there, we specialize in custom brands and websites for food bloggers who are really looking to take their food blog to the next level, or in some cases are starting a second blog, and they want to start things on the right foot this time and kind of put the knowledge that they have from their first site to use and take some different actions that they would have with their first site with their second site. So that's been an exciting little twist in some of the clients that we've been working with lately, especially on our branding intensive, really getting those clients set up on the right foot with brand strategy and a logo design and a website that is ready for them to just start publishing content. So whatever part of your journey you are in, I would love to encourage you to check out our website over at graceandvinestudios.com. And if you click on the services tab, you will be able to find out the different ways that we work with clients, when our next availability for that service is, and what the costs are, what is included, all of that stuff. We are actually going through a huge rebrand and revamping of our own website over the next few weeks. And so Just keep an eye out for those changes. I'm sure I'll be talking about it on the podcast and on our email list as well when we have that all finished up. But just know that you can always head over to the website to find out more information about how we work with clients. And there's always a note in the show notes within your podcast player as well. Something else that I want to encourage you to do is to sign up for our email updates. Now, 
Every single week, we send out an email that is kind of the digestible version of what's to listen to on the podcast, what episode just came out, and what it's all about. And then we'll have a link over to the blog post where you can listen to the episode right there, or you can read along if you prefer to read versus listen. So I definitely encourage you to get that so that you never miss an episode. We all know how quickly things can get lost in our podcast feeds or just in the world of social media. So email really is the best way to make sure that you stay connected and to hear about different exciting opportunities and updates that are coming up in the next couple of months. Okay, so now that we have all of that important information out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. And really, I'm trying to answer this question that I get frequently from clients or from other people in the industry, which is this idea of how often should you be updating your homepage on your food blog? So there's a few important things to note about this topic. The first is that we're talking about really homepage designs that have been designed and are curated with content and are not just the latest feed of your recent posts. That sort of chronological order of most recent posts is pretty outdated at this point and I would definitely recommend using something that is a little bit more curated and organized and can really help your user to find what they are looking for on your homepage rather than just seeing the latest posts that you might have posted. And if you want more information about that specifically, what type of content should be on this homepage, we have covered that before, uh, most recently back in episode 72. So if you scroll back in your podcast player or if you look in the show notes, we'll have a link to that episode as well where you can hear more specifics about what should go on your homepage and all that information. But for right now, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page about what type of homepage I'm talking about today. And that is one that has been more custom designed, not necessarily, you know, working with a custom developer or anything like that, but just it is not the latest only recipes of, you know, what you've most recently published. So keep that in mind as we talk through these different points. The first thing to really think about when you are just getting a grasp on this topic of how often to update your homepage is you really want to remember that your homepage is really creating a dynamic user experience for your readers, whether they are someone who is brand new to your website or if they're a return reader and are coming back for more. Something that is really important to me when we are working with our web design clients is to make sure that their homepage is creating that dynamic experience for their readers. And part of that is making sure that the homepage can easily be updated over time and is built specifically for that purpose. A homepage is really meant to create that curated experience for your readers and to mix together the best content with the latest content. Kind of back when chronologically ordered posts was a very normal way to see a food blog, I think this was something that readers expected. They expected to see the latest posts on your homepage. And now that we've moved a little bit away from that, I still think this is an important part of your homepage to be able to browse the latest content. It's just that we don't need to be able to browse the 15 or 20 latest posts that you have. We really just need to see the most recent content sort of at a glance and then use that plus the other information that's on your homepage to really get an idea of what this website is all about. Again, I mentioned that this is for both brand new readers and it's also for readers who are coming back for more. So those readers who are coming back for more, it may be coming back after making one of your recipes and they land on your homepage to try to learn more information about what this site is all about. Now your homepage is also meant to create brand loyalty and to really showcase your expertise. So something that I always recommend having on your homepage is a place that is about you as the blogger 
and some sort of content or information that would show someone who's brand new to your site that you know what you're talking about. This can look so many different ways depending on what your brand is all about, but I want to come to your homepage and be able to trust you a little bit more than I did when I knew nothing about you based on the information that you're showing me on your homepage. And a static homepage that really only shows those latest posts or is something that doesn't get updated very often really cannot create that dynamic user experience. You may have noticed in the past couple of years that your homepage has probably started to rise in the rankings of your most popular pages within your analytics. And so this is something that should tell us that this homepage is becoming even more important and that people are actually clicking over to that homepage to learn more. And so we really wanna create that dynamic user experience for somebody when they come over to your homepage. So the short answer to how often should you update your homepage is I would recommend doing this roughly every quarter, but this is really going to vary on so many different things. And so I want to go through a few different scenarios and even sections within your homepage to help you understand how to really define this frequency for yourself and for your blog based on how your homepage is built. So when it comes to your top categories, you really wanna think about if your top categories are still going to be relevant in the next few months. So do you have categories that are starting to gain more traction or ones that are maybe more seasonal and are not as appropriate to be highlighting right now? You want to consider adding those new popular categories or seasonal popular categories that are popping up and becoming more relevant as the seasons go on and as the quarter goes on. And this can be whether you have something like a category button or an icon, or simply you're displaying the most recent posts from a specific category. But going in and updating these top categories regularly is going to be really important for creating that user experience because you don't wanna have things that are really outdated or irrelevant, or especially as you are maybe niching down and really getting more clear on the direction of your site. This is something that you want to get really clear about on your homepage as you have more clarity around that within your brand. So when it comes to seasonal content, this can be changed out as soon as that holiday or that season is over, especially when it comes to those holidays, you really want to be mindful of setting those due dates for yourself when that holiday is almost over or right after it is over, because you don't want to go to somebody's site and be seeing irrelevant content from a holiday that was three or four months in the past. And even to go you know, at the beginning of January and to still see Thanksgiving or Christmas recipes is not going to be as relevant for you because somebody who is looking at your homepage in January is looking for something totally different than what they were looking for a few weeks prior for Christmas. Now, when it comes to calendar-based seasons, this is going to have a little bit more wiggle room just because a lot of those seasons do tend to overlap in what's popular. At least the end of a season and the beginning of a next season is going to have a little bit more leeway here, but it's a good practice to get in the habit of changing out this seasonal content regularly. Okay, so when we're talking about your latest posts, first of all, I just wanna mention that if you are having to manually go in and update a section of your homepage that has your latest posts, then I would really recommend looking into a better way to display those latest posts rather than needing to go in and physically update it every single time. Don't create more work for yourself than you need. This is one of those sections that should be updating automatically for you and isn't something that you're having to go in and change every single time. Now, when it comes to your call to action, if you have a really strong call to action, rather than changing this very often, what I would recommend instead is sending a reminder for you to go in and track how your conversions are 
playing out and what your conversion rate is for this specific call to action. If it is still converting well and if it's still relevant to your brand and to the season, then just leave it as it is. There's no need to change this out on a quarterly basis, but this is something that you can definitely experiment with and see what resonates with your audience. Make sure that your offers are not becoming stale to them if they're just seeing it over and over again, but they're never taking action. And then on a related note, if you have some sort of seasonal freebie or one that isn't performing very well, then make sure that you swap that out when you do that review of how your conversion rates are doing for that call to action. Now, along the lines of going through and sort of auditing what you're doing on your homepage, I would highly recommend if you haven't downloaded our DIY website audit checklist already, I would highly recommend going to the show notes or going to our blog post and downloading that there. We'll have a direct link for you to sign up for that freebie and download it. This checklist really goes through the major parts of your website and helps you to make the most out of what you're already doing. So in this, I'm not talking about having to rebuild an entirely new website. We're really just looking at the parts that are most important and making sure that they are working as a well-oiled machine like they should be. So definitely check out that DIY website audit if you are feeling like you really need to to just even get a starting place for figuring out where everything is at, what's working, what's not, and all of that kind of stuff. And then lastly, be sure to set up recurring tasks for yourself on whatever project management system you're using. Over at Grace and Vine, we love Asana and that is what our entire team and all of our clients use. But whatever works for you, whether it's just adding something in your Google Calendar, adding something to the Reminders app on your phone, or using a project management system like Asana or something similar, make sure that you have those reminders set up so that you can be reminded to go in and make those updates. As we wrap up, I have a few just watch out areas of things that I really wanted to make sure to mention when we're talking about updating content. The first is that you should not be doing this weekly or daily. Like I mentioned, if you are having to go in and update your latest posts manually, then that is something that needs to be addressed on how your current site is built. But other than that, there really shouldn't be anything that is changing that quickly within your site. And you just don't need to create more work for yourself for no reason. You are visiting your website and your homepage way more often than most people are. And so remember that not everyone's going to see something. And that's why this quarterly system for going in and updating your homepage is a really good way to update this on a regular basis so that it stays fresh, but to keep the majority of the content there the same so that people who are unfamiliar with your brand or who haven't seen a specific section of your homepage still have a chance to see it before you change it too quickly. When it comes to updating your popular posts, if you have like a section for that on your homepage in particular, I really want you to be mindful of updating that too often. I personally really prefer for this to be a list of curated popular content. So it does not, and this is something we tell all of our clients to be thinking through when we work with them on their sites, It doesn't have to be the true most popular post from Google. Often there is that rogue post that Google somehow picked up and it's one of your top 10 posts, but it really doesn't fit within your brand. So what I like to tell people is think of what the top post that you would want someone to experience on your site if they were brand new to your blog. If they could only experience six or eight of your most popular posts, what would those posts be that would really help them to understand this is what this site is all about? And those are what I think you should include in your popular content. Now there can be a mix of the most popular stuff from Google and maybe the stuff that you wish would be the most popular on Google because it really helps explain your brand. That is just my opinion. 
that is what I think that you should be highlighting for your readers because again, you're really trying to create that user experience for them and to really help them to understand what your brand is all about. And typically that's going to be a mix of the content that has already done well and the content that is maybe newer because you've really gotten clarity around your brand and you've produced content that is clear and helpful for your brand specifically. Now on the note of brand loyalty and sort of the things that we do that are tied to our brand messaging, the parts of your homepage that are tied to that brand and the brand loyalty, like your brand messaging, your tagline, any of the other sort of written text content on your homepage should probably not be changing out as often as some of those other areas. Most of the time you're gonna have seasonal areas, holidays, things that change on a quarterly basis, but if you feel like you are going in and tweaking that content that really shares what your blog is all about, then you might find that you are having difficulty with being really clear on what your brand is about. Maybe you are feeling like you kind of waver between saying it is all about this type of content, maybe it's all about this type of content, and that you're really not able to say with confidence what your brand is all about. If that's the case, then I would really recommend either our branding intensive, which is a three-day package to really get that total brand clarity plus the visuals that go with it, or looking into our full custom website design package where we're really going to go top to bottom when it comes to your website design to make sure that everything feels super in alignment with your brand. But either way, Unless you're going through a rebrand process, this type of content really shouldn't be changing very often unless it's just enhancing it a little bit, but you should not be doing like a full 180 when it comes to this content. Okay guys, that is all I have on this topic, but just to quickly summarize, when it comes to the question of how often should you update your homepage, I would recommend at least setting a task for yourself to go in and review things once a quarter. You may not be changing out every single content area on your homepage and you probably shouldn't be, but this is a really good starting place to just see what does need to be changed on a quarterly basis. And then something else to just be mindful of is if you have things that are a little bit more time sensitive than once a quarter, make sure that you are also setting those due dates and tasks for yourself to go in and update those things after that holiday or that season has passed. And then finally, make sure that your brand messaging and what your brand is all about is not changing on a quarterly basis. If it is, there is probably something that you are lacking in the overall brand strategy for your brand. And that is something that we love to help our clients through. So if that is you, I would highly recommend looking at our website over at graceandvinestudios.com. Look on the services tab, see what those two different ways that we could help you get that clarity and really figure out who you are trying to attract to your site. And that is really the starting place for making sure that your homepage is creating that dynamic user experience, you first have to know who it is that you're trying to attract to your site in the first place. So again, if that's something that you struggle with and feel like you really would love to feel confident about that messaging and that overall brand direction for you, then we would love to chat and see if we are a good fit to work together. As a, another just final reminder, would highly recommend signing up for those email updates so that you never miss a podcast episode and you can keep your food blog running smoothly and staying up to date with the latest trends and topics. And that link will be right in the show notes for you within your podcast player. Again, you can always head over to thevinepodcast.com to find the full show notes, which we really try to make those thorough for you guys. And as we're going through this revamp process for our own website, these are going to become even more helpful for you guys in the near future. So that is all I have for you guys for today, friends. If you have questions, feel free to reach out and I can clarify anything that wasn't clear. And in the meantime, I will talk to you next week, friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.